welcome back to the blog boy roundtable uh week zero was the appetizer we're done with that this week we move on to the main course from the bay area examiner myself seth bonador anthony vito nathan bond and robert steve from DraftKings network nick simon and we'll be making some picks we're using spreads from DraftKings later but for now, let's talk briefly about week zero. Uh, did you learn anything besides maybe UMass might not be just terrible? Did anybody learn anything? Maybe is, is Sam good. Hartman. Sam Hartman. Yeah. Is, is is he the best quarterback Navy's had since? Are we going back to like the seventies? <laughs> that was the second, second coming of Joe Montana. That was a glorified scrimmage. I think the one thing, like, I didn't like Notre Dame wasn't even really running an offense. It was just kind of like, okay, like, let's run these basic plays. I think, like, we're kind of underestimating just how bad Navy's going to be for the foreseeable future. That they're, they're, it's going to be rough times in Annapolis post Kin, Kin uh, Niamatalo. Like, it's, it's just going to be rough for them. Nathan, you seem like you thought Navy was the big kind of the big information was Navy this week. What do you what do you what were you thinking there? Same thing, Nick. Yeah, uh, you kind of were terrible for the last three years, and you just prom- you promote from within, and you keep the DC, and then you get torched. Like I don't, congrats. I don't, I I don't understand what Navy is doing, and this is what they get. I, I think too, like they need to get in or out on the triple option because when they actually right. ran the triple option stuff, it worked. It it wasn't like explosive, but they were moving the ball and then they'd get away from it for three or four plays, do go nowhere and punt. Uh, so it's either like run it or don't like, I don't think you can, you can't mix because there's got to put so much time into it. Steve, what did you learn anything or was it just kind of a, whatever? Just whatever. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I watched maybe like a couple minutes total of, of any of the games. I watched a little bit of the Vanderbilt Hawaii game because I wanted to see the meme of uh, the incomplete stadium in full glory <laughs> uh, with the rain holding up the scoreboard. It, it's, I mean, it's week zero. It's week zero isn't intended to do anything except like pump up the media uh, a little bit uh, and get some overreactions going. Um, I'd imagine Notre Dame is going to flame out by like week nine because of it. Uh, that's basically the only thing I learned. Yeah, and and on Hartman, did it look like he was missing a little zip? Or, or that could have been the weather, but I thought there were a couple balls that against, you know, so a little bit more athletic teams could have been picked. They were behind guys a little bit, but it might have just been – it was a little rainy out there. Rainy, Maybe they're playing in a, in a different country, first off, more than anything, so time zone permitting yeah. and, and everything like that. I mean – I mean, yeah, you could probably take the fact that Navy's really bad and, and take that to the bank, but um, I'm going to hold off on any overreactions on Notre Dame football until, like, week three, <laughs> at least. They'll play NC State yeah, not, here in two weeks. That could be a pretty fun game. Right. It's not uh, It's not fair. Don't they use a different size football in Ireland? I'm just like, it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> it's totally different Ooh. over there. All right. So, yeah, week zero, not a ton to go back and really – discuss um i thought the television schedule was brutal how do you not have a game at noon time out time out Mm -hmm. can we talk about how 
Notre Dame is playing Tennessee State this week. Yeah. Like they're 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 flying back and still playing a game this week. That's kind of insane. Like NFL teams don't even do that. Like that is it, and isn't it the first game. FCS the first FCS game they'll play in their history? Yeah. Yeah. Let alone an HBCU. Eddie George and Co. Right? Eddie George still the head guy there, right? There's a survivor connection here. Eddie George. Oh, no, there's a there's a survivor connection here. Eddie George's wife competed in season 18 of Survivor Token Chains. Uh, Taj George, uh, she came in like fourth. Well, I think I know who Steve's picking later. <laughs> um, that'll be I that'll be interesting to watch. And I think maybe not this week because it seems like they'll probably just be able to kind of play bully ball. But next they play again the next week and have to go on the road, I believe, to NC State. Yeah, that could be interesting is. to see if that kind of catches up to them. Yeah, they don't get a bye week until October 21st. And so it's uh, Tennessee State at NC State, home for Central Michigan, then the Ohio State game at Duke, at Louisville, home for USC, and then the bye week. Like, that's a lot of football. And, guys, that that flight, like, I know they fly charter and stuff, but it still sucks. Yeah, It's not great. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they – what they're I haven't looked and seen what they're playing. I know I saw Marcus Freeman say today that it's hard to sleep on a plane. That was kind of the big quote I saw from him. But I don't know if they've changed up uh their their off days or, or what to try to combat this a little bit. But we'll see. That'll be something I think that's a good point. That'll be something to monitor going forward. But we're moving on to week one. Last year we basically picked typically games from the state of Florida. Because uh, we covered a lot more of uh, the Florida teams instead of national, um, we're still going to do a little bit of that. We're kind of kind of have three games of more local interest, and then uh, we're also going to have the ability to go off the board. So we'll start with kind of the three set games that everyone's going to pick, and we'll get right into them. And uh, we'll kind of do this by day of game here. First, one we're going to do is Florida at Utah. Utah initially, or Utah got up over the offseason to being like a 10 or 10 and a half point favorite. Right now, Utah is a six and a half point favorite. I think that's kind of uh, the cam rising availabilities up in the air. Um, Florida released their depth chart today. They've got some freshmen playing in important spots. So this will be uh, an interesting one to watch at Utah, eight o'clock on Thursday night. Let's start with Vito. Vito, what do you got? I did it again. Muted. So the line is six and a half. That's very interesting. Um, is Cam Rising worth, what was it? Did it start at 10? I think it started like seven or it started at eight-ish, I think, and then moved. Mm. It got up to 10 at some point during the offseason, and it came back down. It was four and a half, I think, last week at one point, and now it's kind of yeah, settled back like, up at six and a half. And, and, and that's like, is, is, is camerizing worth all those points? Um, I know we're going to keep it quick on the picks. So um, I like UF to cover six and a half. I'm not certain they win, but I think it becomes pretty close. Yeah, I've got Florida as well. I think it could be kind of a, a slugfest. Um, so if it's going to be a low-scoring game, six and a half, I'll just take the points. Uh, last year's game was pretty tight. Came down to the wire there. Nate, where are you leaning there? Yeah, I think the Gators cover. Um, 
he, I guess Cam actually he tore his ACL in the in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, that's what basically what happened. Um, that's a tough injury to come back from. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of a torn ACL before, but uh, that's not a that's not a quick recovery. Um, I, I think the quarterback situation at Florida is going to be steady. So that's six and a half is a lot of points. Uh, so I'm going to take the points on that one. Nick, which way are you leaning? I've gone, uh, I've gone back and forth on this one. This is kind of a hard one to prognosticate. I'm gonna lean with, I'm gonna lean with Florida just because of the Cam Rising factor. I still think Utah's, I still think Utah's gonna win because there's just a lot of questions with this Florida team putting a lot of younger guys and um, unknowns in different spots. And plus, Rice Eccles or Eccles, how you pronounce it. Stadium is like very underrated and like low key, very tough place to play in if you're a visiting team. And it's definitely going to be a different environment for Florida, which this is their first, uh, this is their first true non conference road game out of state since 1991, which is insane. So that there, it's going to be a huge culture shock for that program. But um, I still think they'll cover and still lose the game. Yeah, Syracuse popped him back in the day, and Spurrier decided he didn't want to go on the road anymore. So, Stieg, what are you thinking here? So far, it's a, a Gator sweep. I, to- yeah, I'm going to kill that trend. I, I just I think Utah's still more talented um, at this rate, and I really haven't seen enough from uh, old Billy to put any stock in him. I mean, he had a, a top-four quarterback on his team last year, and – you replace him with Graham Mertz, who hasn't really produced well uh, uh, as of late, uh, playing up against a very stout Utah defense. Like you said, it could be just an absolute slugfest from the get-go. But I'm going to put a little bit more stock in a team that's consistently been good for the last two years, has been loading and reloading and putting more and more uh, you know, depth behind these really talented players. Yeah, the Cam Rising injury is going to cause for a pause here, but – realistically I, I don't think it's going to matter too much really um you know they, they prepared for as long as possible without him this offseason like if this injury happened like a week ago or two weeks ago or something like that like, like yeah i'd be like a, a crap but like i mean they knew he tore his acl after yeah. the bowl game next man's already doing this the entire offseason he knows he's going to go in week one and have to play against florida so I, i'm gonna i'm gonna give it to utah to cover here yeah, a couple interesting notes. One of their one of their backups, I think his name is Nate Johnson, is kind of a dual threat guy from California, pretty athletic. So um, if they just want to put – and they've said he'll probably play regardless uh, in some packages. So if you just want to run the ball, if you're Utah, maybe an athletic quarterback. Um, other last note on that game, Utah has not beaten a Power 5 team out of conference since 2017. Small sample size alert, but – uh, that was their last bowl win was against West Virginia in 2017. All right. Mm. Stieg. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was wild. Um, Stieg, USF at Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is an 11.5-point favorite. Do your Mighty Bulls cover here? No. Uh, I'm going to go with the same <laughs> rejection uh, that I gave uh, our, our buddy Fletcher over at the Tower Rack. I... I believe in Golish. I believe 
This team is more talented than last year. I, I, I believe that USF is going to make strides this year. But I also believe that they could have not drawn a worser first opponent than the current one that they have with Western Kentucky. I mean, the, the thorn in the side all year last year was that pass defense. And now you're getting one of the most prolific passers in FBS uh, week one on the road. Brand new defense, brand new coordinators, brand new everything at this point. I just, unless everything just gels right away and they have some sort of secret formula that Golish is keeping behind doors on how to do everything, it hasn't given me confidence just yet. Um, and, and so I'm thinking whether Kentucky will be able to cover this pretty easily. I think probably third or fourth quarter, we might, we might see the Bulls start to get some. Uh, offense clicking a little bit, but um, yeah, I, I think it'll be long gone by then, though. Nick, where do you lie on this one? Yeah, same. Um, I'm going to go with uh, WKU, uh, the cover. It's like we said last week, you're bad, or basically like the entire offseason, you're bad until you're not. Um, there's there's a part of me, there there's a part of me that wanted to pick USF, like, okay, you know, you're coming, like you're coming out, you've been you know, practicing and learning this system, you know, you have a bunch of offensive talent. Um, you have a bunch of offensive talent, obviously. It's just, it, it's just, I can't see envision this defense getting enough stops against Austin Reed to at least, at least cover, you know, if this game was happening like in October or November and, you know, USF would still like USF would still in a point where they're healthy and they're getting better then this may be a different story, but not in week one. So I'm going to go with WKU to cover. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you and Steve. I like WKU as well. I think if it was, I think it originally opened closer to 14, 14 and a half. I think if you get over that 14 number, maybe you start to think USF, but 11 and a half is not enough. Uh, so I, I lean WKU. Uh, Nathan, are you breaking the trend or you WKU as well? Yeah, it's Western. Um, you know, USF's going to have to deal with adjusted travel plans, uh, adjusted everything. Uh, they announced uh, on Monday evening that they're going to be adjusting the practice schedule for Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, they're going to practice later in the afternoon on Wednesday, um, just as a anticipation for the storm coming up. Um, but also, like everybody else has said, man, you're bad until you're not. And I don't believe think or trust this defense to not cave and let Austin Reed just throw the ball all over the field like prove to me that you're different otherwise you're the exact same defense that it, that's been around for the last four years all right Vito SP plus has it at like 10 points in USF covering do you agree with Bill Connolly that nerd or do you agree with us for shame. None of you are believers in Alex Golish and this new offense and what Todd Orlando is going to do with this new defense. I think that you all are completely correct. 11 and a half is a number that I think WKU can go that Western can definitely hit Austin Reed over 4,000 yards, 65% completion percentage. I don't care that he has different coordinators. That's an offense that's going to be really tough to stop in game one. I'm with you, Nick. I wish this game was a couple weeks in the future. I wish they could get FAMU this year, this week just to kind of work something out. We don't know what this team's going to look like. I think you're bad until you're not. Um, 
uh, what I find interesting about this game um, is the over-under is 70. So DraftKings thinks this might be a little pointsy. If you can get into a track meet with Western and maybe make a couple stops, that's the only way it's going to happen. I don't – it's really hard for me to see how this is going to work out unless we see this team go to a different – viewpoint that we all have at that point then you can start thinking about what it is for the future but um i like i like western to cover and i I like the under because i think it's going to be like 45 to 30 ish yeah what's what's interesting is you know i mentioned bill Connolly earlier i think he had the game is 35 25 which is Mm. way under um the 70 so um that would be uh, interesting if it, if it goes under. I th- would you feel good if it's if you hold Western Kentucky to thirty five, and you lose? Do you, would you feel better about the season? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It, no, I, I it, last year like comparatively, like a team like Western Kentucky probably puts up like sixty five at like seven hundred and thirty five yards. Like if they hold Western Kentucky to three thirty five points, like. Yeah, like, I'm passionate. Like, that's great. That's that. I, that's a huge moral victory for me. <laughs> you you got to remember that a lot of opening games the past two, three, four years <laughs> have rough. been just awful. And the fact they actually scored touchdowns last year against BYU, even, even though it was still a route, was a huge thing. So, like, I mean, if you if you said that, I think I said 45-30, that would be the over. I was thinking more in the 40-30 range, um, which means they would cover. So just forget everything I said about the numbers. I still think that Western is going to cover, but uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really see uh, if that, if Bill Colony is correct, I think that ends up looking good, especially if both sides of the ball look competent. Yeah. I think you feel good going, coming out of the game if you, if you're there. So, all right, let's head to probably game of the week. Uh, you got Florida state and LSU in Orlando, correct? LSU is currently a two and a half point favorite. Um, Eileen LSU. I've just seen them. I don't think we saw FSU beat a really good team last year. LSU returning quite a few guys from last year. They beat Alabama. Um, they had some pretty good wins last year. Um, so I'm just going to go there just because I think they're a little bit better. Now, FSU did beat them to start the season, but they I don't think they knew who their tackles were. They were playing freshmen and didn't quite have the offense line figured out. And that new staff kind of working through some things. So, Nathan, what do you think? Are you on FSU plus two and a half, or are you like LSU here as the favorite under field goal? Um, this one's really close. I'm going for State just based solely on I prefer Jordan Travis over Jaden Daniels. And I think that's fair. Nick, which way are you leaning? Yeah, man, this one is this one is tough to make heads or tails out of. So I'm just gonna defer to like Nate, defer to Florida State, the team with the most returning production on both sides of the ball out of any team in the entire country. Um, yeah, it's this one's going to be – this should be like – like last year's game was – it was exciting, it was good, but it was sloppy, right? This year's game should be like legit good on like for both – like for both teams. I'm very interested to see like how Florida State schemes around Harold Perkins especially with LSU kind of moving Perkins to the inside. Like that's going to be something interesting to watch, like how they try to maneuver, like maneuver around him because he's going to be a monster this year. But yeah, give me, give me the nose to cover. 
Vito, which way are you leaning? Um, back in Camper World Stadium, I was there for the Cheez-It Bowl where I uh, got to meet Lord, uh, His Highness, Lord Chedward. I'm not sure if you've seen that photo floating around. Um, his big old glove squishing my face. It was amazing. Um, I'm interested to have this Mason Smith um, ineligibility suspension um, matters. And the fact that LSU was trying to move one of their games to week one to maybe have that be the suspension makes me wonder if they think he would be a huge player in this. Um, I got Florida State. I think they're on a, they're on a mission. They got everybody. The only thing that gives me pause is we've seen Mike Norvell at Memphis in close games. Is this going to be a Brian Kelly versus Mike Norvell? Because I'm not entirely sure I like that matchup. If it uh, has to come down to coaching like that, but give me Jordan Travis. I mean, you had Keon Col- Coleman to Johnny um, to Johnny Johnny Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. Um, it's just that offense is amazing. If that defense and uh, Jared Burst can can come on and um, they can withhold um, um, and, and they can kind of stop that LSU offense, then I, I like them. I think they'll cover and I think they'll win outright. And there are some nerves, I think, in LSU regarding their defensive backfield. St- still kind of unsettled. Uh, so it's a tough matchup for them. Stieg, which way are you leaning, FSU or LSU? I, I also have for State here uh, to win. I think that if there is a time that FSU is going to put up or shut up, especially with all the external factors happening around college football, I think now's the time that that's going to happen. Um, boy, would that be quite a state for them as well after they, you know, went out there and puffed their chest. Uh, or when I say they, I mean their administrators went out there and puffed their chest that they're this valuable brand to the ACC uh, to go out there and then beat a team like LSU would do a whole lot of good for them. Um, I, and I know they tried to block up that noise, and I know coaches are really good at. at talking down to their teams and talking them into thinking that they're the worst teams ever and everything like that. They have all these doubters and everything like that. Um, this might be the, the opportunity for Florida state. They've got a lot of guys that, you know, they, they really want to have showcased Jordan Travis or Paris, like you mentioned um, that run game is, is lethal. And I think without Mason Smith, I, I think that's a huge hole that LSU has got to figure out how to fill it. I don't know if they have that. So I'm going to pick uh, Florida state here to win outright. Yeah, and uh, you know you can't have your boosters saying you deserve to be in the big games and and not show up in the big game, right? That'd be tough look. So. Oh, but that'd be so funny if they lost by like three or four scores. Here. It would be like, very funny. Like part of the, me, like the, the sicko in me, is like they're gonna lose by like three scores, and like that quote is just gonna haunt those administrators. That's yes, that is the wouldn't be wouldn't it be funny uh, result? But uh, I think we're getting a pretty tight game one way or the other. Uh, we'll see though. FSU's got a lot of offensive firepower. So if they kind of can get on LSU's defensive backs, they could could be in for a long night. All right. So now we're going to go off the board here. So uh, we'll go around. If you've got an extra, if you got another pick you want to make this week, throw it out there. We'll start with Nick. Nick, what else do you like on the board this week? Oh, yeah. So I'm going to go Saturday night in new orleans a game that a game that is quietly going to be one of the best games of week one south alabama at tulane and i tulane is a hold on let me pull this up because i wrote it all this down tulane's a six and a half point favorite i have south alabama covering in this yeah i have south alabama covering this game first of all yeoman stadium on saturday is going to be jumping you have tulane coming off Amazing season, 
wins the Cotton Bowl, beats USC. And also, you're only two hours from Mobile, so all the South Isle people are going to be able to head down there. So that's going to be a hell of an atmosphere. Um, South Alabama returns nearly everybody on defense, and that's and they should be able to they should be able to pester a Tulane offense that no longer has Ty J Spears. If you see what he's doing in um, the preseason training camp right now, like he's like that's going to be a huge, huge loss for them. Um, also, pay attention to Ladamian Webb for South Alabama. He rushed for over a thousand yards last year, thirteen touchdowns. He has a chance to legitimately be one of the best running backs in the entire group of five. So, yeah, I think South Al is going to be really fired up for this one, and they'll they'll cover in New Orleans. See, that's one I wasn't I didn't even see, wasn't even thinking of. So that's awesome. I like that. Yeah, USA one of the had one of the top efficiency defenses in the country, like top fifteen last year. They were really good. Um, Stieg, where did you? Where did your eye end up falling? I had I had two games, and I, I figured that South Alabama two lane game was going to be too uh, spicy for us to ignore. So I had a backup. Okay, I've got I've got a, a weird little upset uh, brewing in a. Uh, in the good old Northeast here. I've got Northern Illinois over Boston college to kick off the season. And uh, oh. I did a, I did a good bit of research on this one before I made this call. The, oh, the line opened at 10 and a half and is dive bombed to six and a half points uh, to, between these two teams, Northern Illinois last year, uh, pretty bad three and nine uh, looked really bad uh, at times, but key factor in all of this was the health of the team. Uh, Rocky Lombardi, their star quarterback, went out four games in. The injuries just kept on piling up. We know about the injury luck and everything. Year prior, um, you know, Mac Champions uh, or Mac Championship game appearance. So uh, a team that really lives and dies that their health is uh, 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 plenty. And I, I just I don't believe much in this Boston College team this year. I, I just last year was just incredibly disappointing from top to bottom. Uh, didn't do much to inspire my anything in the offseason either um no big name transfers nothing to really out their horns or anything like that um so i had northern illinois a healthy northern illinois team going into uh, chestnut hill and uh defeating boston college all right and, that, that, that's moved up to plus eight and a half so even even more points for you there and no zay flowers for boston college anymore so that's or uh, <laughs> or no jacovic right he transferred to Pitt. yeah Gone that, they're breaking in some new 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 guys up there. That that is some sicko shit right there, Steeg. But if, if that were to happen, does Halfley just get fired at the, on the spot? <laughs> yeah, uh, they I might. I, I was really surprised they didn't fire. <laughs> he'll be it. He'll be all right. Vito, let's go to you. What else did you look for? We've got two totally off the board picks so far. I two unexpected picks. Where I'm not sure got? if. The, I'm not sure if this will be in there. Uh, th there's a couple fun games out here, but I'm going to go because um, I was more shocked at this line than anything. Um, going to go to Houston, two programs who are in brand new conferences who are looking to show off their shiny new uh, badges. UTSA is currently minus one over Houston. In H uh, That game is in Houston. This was a game last year where UTSA jumped out to a 21-7 lead at the half. Houston brought it back and ended up winning in triple overtime. Roadrunners were ready to play, though. They bring most of that offense back. Um, 
Fred Harris or Frank Harris is back, and I think he's going to have a killer final season. And I, I think UTSA is wants to make a statement in the New American and say, Houston, we're going to start being a program to be reckoned with. And I like them to take that to uh, to win outright, but I guess a minus one is technically a pick 'em for the most part. But I I, I like UTSA to win that game, and uh, yeah, Houston has a lot of question marks, and Dane has a lot of question marks, and their defense was not very good last year, and they have to replace a uh, you know a really great wide receiver in Tank Dell, and they have to replace quarterback um, Clayton Tune, and it's, it's going to be tough. I like UTSA. Yeah. Nathan, you'll be glad to know Tank Dell was not too small for my fantasy team this year. I got him in, in the very end of the draft. Uh, Nathan, what what is your pick? What what did you like off the board here? Um, so off the board, this one's more for uh, – it's a long-term view. It's uh, West Virginia at Penn State. Uh, the line is Penn State by 20 and a half. Um, wow. Yeah. I agree. What? That's a healthy what? line. And so – Neil Brown is going to be fighting for his life before we even get to October. Uh, so at Penn State, and then uh, they get Duquesne. So, okay, great. Uh, then you have the backyard brawl, and then Texas Tech, and then on the road at TCU to round out September. Uh, good luck making it to October, Neil. Um, you want to show a pulse? Try to try to save your job. This is This is a big time to do it. And then on the flip side for Penn State, you're breaking in, you know, Drew Aller, um, who everyone for the last year and a half has said he was the best quarterback on the roster. Uh, if you're going to compete against Ohio State and uh, Michigan for for the Big Ten, you you better you better put away bad teams. And uh, James Franklin, all eyes on you, brother. Uh, this is put up or shut up time, I think, for for Penn State either. This is the year it happens or it's never going to happen. I think they can knock off one of two of Ohio State and Michigan leaning more toward Ohio State. I don't think they're going to be as good, but it'd be fun to see it. All right, so you have Penn State here? Oh, yeah, Penn State's going to cover. Okay. So with your Neil Brown pending firing, (laughs) I just wanted to confirm. All right, uh, so I had two, but I'm gonna go with I'm gonna pick one here. Let's keep it to one. Um, so this was 12 and a half earlier today. I liked it there, but I'm gonna stay with it. Uh, Clemson's uh, Clemson is minus 13 against Duke. Um, I think they're gonna come out on offense. I know Duke is returning a lot of guys, but and they had a pretty successful year. But I don't think they played Clemson or Florida State last year in conference. I think Clemson's the most talented team in the conference. Uh, new offense, they're going to want to come out and score some points. And I think their defense is going to be really good again. So I know Duke's got Riley Leonard, really good quarterback, and they've had all, all offseason prepared, but I think Clemson ends up pulling away as the game goes on. So I like Clemson minus 13. All right, so that's it for this week. We will keep track of these picks. We'll come back next week, look, review, and uh, make some more picks. We'll be doing this every week throughout the season. Keeping track. We'll have a trophy or a hat or like a jacket or something. There'll be some kind of reward at the end. Thank you for watching. Like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, If you're in the hurricane area, stay safe. Charge your phones. 
get some water, all that good stuff. We'll be back next week. Thanks for watching.